Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get your free audio book download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash necessary blackness. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can access it from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Yo, check out the award-winning docuseries Elementary Genocide. This docuseries provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. This docuseries features Dr. Umar Johnson, Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, Killer Mike, David Banner, Professor James Small, Kaba Kamene, and so many other people. Check out Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the latest installment. Elementary Genocide 3, The Academic Holocaust. It's all available now at elementarygenocide.com. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor, and when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news, and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back, and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. This is a cool up cultivated roots media, and I choose to tune into Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> now our feature presentation. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And we have a special guest in the building with us today. I actually been running into this brother in Atlanta on several different occasions. We talked about getting on the podcast. And um, the brother said, yeah, I'm going to come through. A couple of times he's been busy, but his word is bond and he is here today. So Indeed. ladies and gentlemen, let's represent Blue Pill. Peace, family. Peace. It's an honor to be here. I honor your persistence because you definitely, you know, uh, you, you stay persistent. You feel me? And here we are. It's materialized to a powerful, powerful episode. Absolutely. Right. And for those of y'all that don't know about Blue Pill and his brother, his twin brother, Red Pill, um, they are the owners 
of Know the Ledge Radio. And that's when I first heard about the brother in addition to seeing him on Sonetta TV, seeing him out in the community and doing his thing. And also he has apparel, normal clothing. And recently, him and his twin brother dropped an album and it's called The Twin Album. That's right. executive produced by... Cambada, right. Cambada. Yeah, there's, there's, there's other aspects. You know, we serial entrepreneurs, so I have a jewelry company. I have a, a, a herbal company, you know what I'm saying, dealing with my concoctions, of which my CMOS is the most famous, Seven Heaven CMOS. Um, what else? Yeah, like, you know, and I've been embarking on this 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 new journey that I'm, I'm going to be um, traveling abroad, you know, domestically and internationally, searching out indigenous food, fitness, fashion, and fun. You feel me? All of these places that I visit, all of these different countries, I want to see how we give it up. You know what I mean? How, how we have been giving it up. You know what I'm saying? What's buried in them jungles? You know, what's the indigenous ways that, that, that people do what they do? And how can we incorporate that into our modern lifestyle? Yeah, I recently uh, seen on your Instagram, you was in the yes. Virgin Island. Indeed. Um, you, was at a, you was at a couple of spots and you was um, dropping a little jewels about history. Absolutely. That we don't know about over here because it's not reaching us. Absolutely. And that's my um, paternal home place. Like my, my grandparents come from there. And I didn't even know this history and totality until I went back this time. So there's so much more to learn. You know what I mean? Something could be of you and, and, and it still be getting away from you. You feel me? I, and it's the same story that, you know, we could go into these communities and like I, I meet people all the time and they don't even know the history of Atlanta. <clears throat> and this is a deep history out here. You feel me? So history is always around us. Um, it's worthy of our uh, our research and our focus and our intent. You know what I'm saying? And we always need to put it to bring it to the forefront and put it in perspective because it always has a tendency of repeating itself. You know what I mean? Indeed. I want to talk about Seven Heaven Sea Moss. Yes. For those that don't know, tell them about that and some of the health benefits uh, ailments that it cures. Right. Well, rewinding back to um St. Croix at the age of five, my mother took me and my, my, my twin over there to give birth to my younger brother, KT, the arts degree. And on that island, that's where she met uh, Dr. Sabi. And, you know, Sabi's regimen at that time pretty much encompassed damn near all Seamoss. Like, they was making Seamoss for breakfast, Seamoss pudding, Seamoss this, Seamoss that. Like, I had Seamoss in every way imaginable. And, um... You know, it was explained to me at, at a young age what it was about. Then I moved to Brooklyn, and I was living in Flatbush. I was amongst the Jamaicans and everybody from mm-hmm. the Caribbean, so I learned about the other aspects of Seamoss. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when I came of age, in my early 20s, everybody in my clique, everybody around me was sick. They had something, you know, one thing or the other wrong with them, and I fell into, like, healer mode. But it was, you know... The conversation of, of healing and veganism, that wasn't even, it didn't even exist in the 90s. Yeah. You know, I was telling people about Sabi. They didn't know, you know, that that just wasn't, people from South America knew who Sabi was, but Black America had no idea. So I couldn't come to my peoples with herbs. You know what I'm saying? They were still going to Kings County and, and, and taking medicine. You know what I'm saying? That's what they was used to. Even if they was from the Caribbean, they had gave that up. This generation, they were Americanized. So I had to find a way to sneak, you sneak know what I'm saying? it in there. The, the, yeah, 
how they said yeah. you mix the, the the medicine in with the with the poison, so yeah. much, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. So I know that their poison is their palate. And me saying that is that I'm saying that they're trained, their palate is already trained to say, I know this taste, I know that taste, I can incorporate it. So I had to go into the lab and figure out a recipe that was familiar to their palate. So I made a, a, a blend of a drink that, that was a mix between uh, milkshake, Ovaltine, and eggnog. Because when I fell off the wagon, when I came back from St. Croix and I was visiting my father, you know what I mean? He, my father eat whatever. And those are the things that knocked me off my, my rocker. Yeah. Those are the those are the things that I was like, you know what? Do with this vegan <laughs> shit for a minute. Like, you know, hit me with a Big Mac yeah. with a milkshake. And it was a wrap. This is when Big Macs was actually Big Macs. You know what I'm saying? They still had 100% beef burger in them joints. Them joints was the truth. You feel me? Yeah. So that experience, you know, the, the, the new introduction to my palate of a different taste, I know I had to play on those same things with my peoples. So it took me seven years mm. in, the, in the lab. That's Constantly whipping up. You know what I mean? Bringing it to people and they like, nah, this, this don't taste right until I got it right. You know what I mean? So Seamoss... Uh, has 92 trace minerals in it, a very high concentration of iron, which you find damn near 98% of the population is iron deficient. They don't have no iron coming out of the mineral. Like the soil is not mineral rich for iron at all. So there's no way that we're getting iron in our diet. Sea moss has that. You know what I'm saying? Sea moss has calcium, unlike what they tell you about milk, because you can't unlock calcium unless you have magnesium present. So it has magnesium, it has potassium. You know what I'm saying? It has um, it's high in zinc, mm. which is another food outside of pumpkin seeds that you can't find. You know, high concentrations of zinc content in any food source, and we lose our zinc count every time that we ejaculate. You know what I'm saying? Every time that we're having sex, we're losing our zinc, and it can't. It's not being replenished, and these are the things that lead to prostate cancer and all of that. So, sea moss is like a superfood if you Google it. You know what I mean? And um, I just found it. It worked for everything. Like everybody that I was hitting, you know, with, with the Seven Heaven, they had, you know, some people had issues with their toes. You know, some people had arthritis. Some people had this. Some people had that. Everybody, you know, was able to be appreciative of how they was feeling. You know, the new, the new them. And then I was able to tell them, you feel me? Yeah. Oh, this is X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? I, I didn't. I, I couldn't play to the healing aspect. Thing. I had to play to the pleasure aspect first. Like, damn, this is good. What the hell is this? Let me get another one. Before they know, they fall in. But the next day, they feeling amazing. amazing. Like, yo, what the hell was that you gave me, son? That shit made me feel X, Y, and Z. Oh, okay. And then you start educating them. And then they become like your disciples or your, you know what I mean? Because they're, they're going out in the hood and- Speaking of people that they know that need healing, nah, this is and you you find out that they do the shit better than you probably could. <laughs> so they become your personal salesperson. They become exactly. speaking of sales, there's gonna be a lot of people that want to know how can I get my hand on Seven Heaven Sea Moss? How can they get that, brother? Right, I'm right now because it's perishable. Um, and I have not mastered dry shipping. I'm still working on that. I'm talking to Amazon about doing something. With them, with the fulfillment centers. And because I move around the country, if I was in New York, I'd tell you we could get in New York. I'm in Atlanta, I could tell you we could get in Atlanta. But when I leave here, it leaves with me. You feel me? So I'm still working on that. Okay. Um, so my suggestion 
is y'all follow this brother on Instagram, y'all follow yeah, him on yeah. Facebook. And when he said, yo, I'm about to touch down in Atlanta, you need to hit him up for that right. Seven Heaven Sea yeah, yeah. Moss. Silly was, you know, she was carrying it exclusively at one point. But then I move around. I don't leave my recipes where I leave at. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole nother conversation. Oh, yeah. When it comes I, I, to I, I definitely understand Credibility that. and trustworthy people in the community, you know what I'm saying, that very far, few in between. So you just can't be putting platinum in people's hands and expecting it to be uh, you know, taken care of. Unfortunately, that's where we at with it. But um, So another I thing know. I want to let everybody know, you and your brother are- up for a Sarnetta TV award for best code breaker of the year. Yes. That's going to be a monumental moment. I will be in the building July 7th in New York Indeed. City. 7-7. At Symphony Hall. Symphony Space, I believe it's called. Symphony yeah. Space. Yeah, shout out to Sarnetta and the yeah, big, uh, HOK family. Big shout out to Sarnetta. And I'm also uh, nominated, nominated Congratulations. In, the, in the documentary. Rightfully so. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Indeed. So, if you live in New York and you want that CMOS, July 7th, oh, yeah, we're going to be, be in the building. He be in there. We, so we make sure y'all, y'all, y'all come out, man, and, and support the family. Yeah, Moss is going to be in the building. I also have a, another item, a, another product that's been taken off is a monoto- monatomic gold, liquid gold. You know All what right. I'm saying? Tell us about that. Liquid gold. The very first time I heard about liquid gold was from Delbert Blair, you know, the master metaphysician, Delbert Blair, our master teacher. And, um, you know, it activates the pineal gland. We have mm. gold in our body. You know, when they say that you have a heart full of gold, that's not just a saying. You actually have a trace elemental aspects of gold. Very oh, yeah, small absolutely. amounts. Absolutely. Every element yeah. that exists within the universe exists in within right. biochemical structure. So, right. yeah. So, gold in its uh, monatomic form, as is absorbed by the cell, can activate the pineal gland and, and give you other functions, such as anything that you think that you could attribute to the sun, energy. You know what I'm saying? Clarity, focus, power. You know what I mean? Those are the things that gold helps with. It's a diuretic, so it helps people lose weight. Um, it, it's a hormone balancer. I have found out, not by accident, but by experiment, that it helped people with uh, migraines. And mm. that's something that a lot of people suffer from. There are people that have been addicted to coffee. They don't need their coffee no more. It helped them break that fix. What about cigarette smoking? What you got for that? Ibogaine, Iboga. We have to go out the country. That's a powerful herb that's coming out of Burkina Faso. It can help break um, smoking addiction. It can help break heroin addiction. And it's not and Of course, it's banned can, yeah, you here can't get in this it country. Here. Yeah, they're calling it a, a series one. You know what I'm saying? You know how they do. Yeah. Just like ayahuasca or whatever. They're going to criminalize the stuff that, that actually works and is good for you because they can't run any programs that's counter to their commerce. And their commerce is rooted in tobacco. Yeah, that would me? definitely put a big dent. I tell in people a... all the time, this is actually how they keep spirits off of their back in this country. This is the the the, the three card Monty game that they play. They they uh they um what you call it? They harvest tobacco and corn, and those are the fields. Those are the crops that you feed the entities of this land to keep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, shit, cool and correct. So they do as much devilishment as they want, but that's how they pay their debt. They pay their debt in crops. They feed their ancestors. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot of shit, but we don't be feeding our ancestors. Not on this land. Everybody be carrying over ancestors from other places, but what about the ancestors over here? 
This land, this land is ancient. You know what I'm saying? This land has its own, uh, what they call it, Wakanda, goddammit. That's what they call it. The creative spiritual force of North America is called Wakanda, goddammit. And we so, need to feed our ancestors. We need to feed our ancestors, all of them. Because we stand on the shoulders of right. our, our great grandmaster teachers and those that paved and, the way. And, and those grandmaster teachers are are in the dirt of North America. They're in this ground. We didn't send them overseas, you know what I'm saying, across the water to, to the continent. They're right here in this dirt. So if we want to tap in, you know what I'm saying, to the energy that's present, because we're always evoking them, but we can't show any evidence of their presence and their work. We not feeding them. We not. We don't really get. We don't really get what's going on. It's going over our head. White boy get it though. You know what I mean? You pass through Illinois. You you know you you driving miles and miles through cornfields. Even though he's them just a GMO, <laughs> it still feeds the spirit of this land. God damn it! And they work with him. You heard it right here first on Necessary Blackness podcast. For those that are just joining us, we are sitting here and we are building. With Brother Blue Pill, and he's definitely dropping some gems on us. But we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. For all my listeners of Necessary Blackness Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I personally recommend The Mother of Black Hollywood by Jennifer Lewis. My favorite is The Last Unicorn by Tiffany Haddish. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash necessary blackness. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash necessary blackness. Peace, family. This is Tyreek from Nagas Footwear, the first African prize sneaker. We have the Nat Turners, the Marcus Garvey's at sneakerscustoms.com. Stop on over, get your sneakers and stride with pride. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned, and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. This is Shalee. When I'm not in the gym, I'm checking my son out on his podcast each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Make sure you check out Raheem Shabazz. Yeah, this is Professor Ed Garns, founder of The Wonderful from Afros to Shell Toes and Sweet Tea Ethics. When I am not spreading liberation theology throughout my classrooms as an African-centered therapist, I am chilling with my homie, Raheem Shabazz, on the Necessary Blackness Podcast. It's essential. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. (laughs) Peace and power, black family. We are back. Yes. And I am here with Blue Pill. Chill. 
and we've been laughing, joking uh, while we was on this commercial break. So we ain't going to waste no time. We getting ready to get into the crux of what we about to talk about. Yes. And that is whew, childhood trauma. Indeed. And recently in the news, many of y'all know that there is a migration separation policy where over 2,000 illegal immigrant children are being taken away from their parents mm. and are placed in wire cage holding cells. Right. A lot of people are saying it's a human rights issue and you have a lot of backlash for this policy and the policy is wrong. Let me yes. be the first to say that. But at the same time, you have a lot of black elected officials and just black folks in, in particular right. that's going real hard on, on this situation. And I just want to know, where was they at during mass incarceration? I mean, anytime that they frame any social justice issue as a civil rights issue, Negroes going to jump. You know what I'm saying? Because they're the face of that particular um, campaign. Um, now, when it comes to mass incarceration, the Congressional Black Caucus was, you know, they got blood on their hands when it comes to a lot of that. You know what I mean? A lot of them call for it. I think even Maxine Waters was calling for a lot of things initially. Please, if I'm wrong, if I'm if I'm slightly off and I might be throwing the wrong person in the pot or what have you, you know, but nonetheless, Congressional Black Caucus, you know, under pressure from their congressional districts at one point or another, they were calling for tougher sentencing. You know what I mean? And they also received uh, federal funding. And they also received so federal that, funding. That, that so was an incentive for them. There's a way to get everybody on board, you know what I'm saying? Because the majority of that push came from the Democrats to begin with. So, CD, you know, Congressional Black Caucus, they fall in line. They the first niggas to fall in line. Uh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, that's why they were silent. You know, black souls are for sale. Um wholesale in this country and that's understood by people on both sides of the aisle you know what we're seeing now with immigrants again it elicits a different sort of response because it's not a a, a given fact that those people are up for sale you feel me even when we think of the mexican we immediately think of family we don't think of mexicans and think about you don't know any individual mexicans you know what i'm saying when you think of mexicans you think about a family flight you know what i mean some people who went hard, you know what I mean, to, to get their family across the border. They We know that when they get here, we know the family dynamic they set up in their homes. You know, we see them. The women have a lot of children. Uh, I've never really seen a, a single mother Mexican. You know what I'm saying? I, you just These are not things that we normally equate. So there's a lot of political capital that's involved when there's families being tortured and, and, and a level of anguish that comes from that. And um, a lot of these congressional black politicians, you know what I'm saying? They, they still, this is a dog and pony show. This is politics at the end of the day. Absolutely. So they still need that Latino vote. The Democrats still need the Latin vote in order to uh, rival all of that red state well, activity going on. Most of them can't even on. vote anyway because of their immigration status. Them per se, there's a an enormous voting block of uh, Latinos that do vote in this country that are that are that are Democrats that they need to galvanize. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, if nothing else but political picture points, 
they still need to be, again, at the forefront of anything that's dealing with social ju- justice, um, as long as it's not our babies. You feel me? Because <laughs> that, that brings up all sorts of contradictions. Yeah. You know, another interesting thing, and you said um, that they equating it with civil rights, and that's why a lot of the black congressional leaders are jumping on that. There's actually an organization that is suing the Trump administration, right? And they're saying that he's violating the civil rights. And it's a civil rights supposedly organization. The problem with this organization is, is that there's only one black person. It's a law firm that is on- A representative. That, that's right, representing. It's just... And it's supposed to be for so-called civil rights. So they don't equate that with black people. And that- has always been the problem is that we push for these legislations. It takes years, months, and days to get passed. And then when it does get passed, everybody benefits except the intended target, which is black folks. I think Claude Anderson speaks on that um, extensively. extensively. And and he kind of gives you the framework behind it because he was there per se. So, you know, for anybody who hasn't heard him dialogue on that, you might want to catch up, you know what I'm saying, on his discourse because he gives you a, a little back history as to why that that that's 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 the way that it is. Yeah, he says mm-hmm. humpbacks, midgets, <laughs> yeah, LBGTQ, everybody but black folks. Right. You know what I mean? Even pedophiles have now gotten <laughs> in on the game. You know what I'm saying? And and, and they're getting legislation passed under the disguise of what? They're coming under the cloak that was provided to them by way of civil rights. They're going to say they're a separate class of people and they're going to have more rights than black folks that want to be so patriotic they got to stand up for the flag. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So another thing is going on in the news. And I I don't watch the news too much. Okay, but before you jumped off of that, because we was hitting on something... And it was childhood trauma. Yeah, no, we still getting it going. All right, right, right. All right. But I'm a segue, okay. just touching on this, right? Because there's, there's, there's something that we need to understand, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that takes place outside of the borders that domestic policy, you know, or they have past policy here that have different implications foreign than they do domestically. You know what I'm saying? I tell people all the time, presidential politics is about nigger containment domestically. You know what I'm saying? And foreign-wise, it's nigger containment. You know what I'm saying? Or the diasporic nigger. They got sand niggers. They got Chinese nigger. They got yellow niggers. They got, you know what I mean? So that's just how any, you know, they look at the world as non-quote-unquote white in that particular way. Absolutely. So Obama initially, you know, he was um, at the forefront of the droning campaign. The droning campaign was about bombing Arab children who potentially can become terrorists. terrorists. Not children that were terrorists. They were bombing children that will potentially become terrorists. So they would gauge it to be like, well, we killed their father. You know what I mean? This person has the possibility to become radicalized. So what they're doing to these children of Mexican descent and then sending them back over to the border, traumatizing them in cages, you know what I'm saying? They're potentially creating all of these sleeper cells that they're going to be having to deal with years, months, hundreds of years down the lane. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to use 
right? That that thing is always about creating a problem and creating a solution for it. So they know that they're radicalizing these young children by traumatizing them in these situation. They have all of the research that shows what happens when you take a two or four year old from their parent yeah. and deprive them. They won't let them hug. They're turning these children into monsters. Yeah. They said they policy put. Prevents them. Prevents them from hugging from them. Hugging. The only thing they could do is give them a book you know and some toys and to quiet them down. But their policy says that they can't hug them. And their mothers is not even present. Their mothers no ain't present. Members. Yeah. That's crazy. Their mothers ain't present. So if they have siblings together, those siblings can't hug, right? And I told you the whole nature of the Mexican is they're family-oriented people. Absolutely. Period. Like, so they, they still have the village concept. You know what I'm saying? So even if... A child is in the pens with somebody that's not the parent. That parent is still going to, you know, that person is still going to treat that child like they're going to be there for one another, but they can't even physically be there under the threat and the duress mm-hmm. of these monsters. We really have to understand who we're dealing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And and I hear the arguments. I've seen the memes. I've seen the posts. And people is like, this been happening to us forever. You understand? And I agree. You know, um, we could harken back to slavery and we we know what took place. They were separating families and the whole gambit. These are people that was throwing your babies to alligators. Like, we don't even need to go too far to talk about the level of devilishment that has come out of these people that you still forgive and go to work for. All right? So we need to cut it out. That you still pay it. This is what people are paying taxes for. Your tax dollars are responsible for this shit. Absolutely. You dig what I'm saying? So I don't know, like, Sometimes it'd be like, maybe it's your turn. Not on some divine retribution type of situation, but it's like with the advent of the camera and the tube, like this is what King was talking about with Selma. You know what I'm saying? We're going to broadcast this devilish men around the world and make these people's image, make them feel uncomfortable where they have to do something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're going to play this camera. Appeal to the moral compass. Appeal to the moral compass. Of their allies, more so, not them. Yeah, they're they snitching on no, white folk. They ain't got no more. They accomplice. snitching on white folk to other white folk for white folk to check white folk. That's how that shit is working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the Negro can't do it on his own. You know, King was going and sitting down with them and all of them, but he couldn't do it per se. He needed to get outside help and he needed to put on a public display or a campaign to get the public, you know, to get the public sympathy from other white Americans. Who had no idea that this might be what their tax dollars was going towards. Because the TV at that time was a family bonding situation around a living room. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't it's, it's something that hasn't been hadn't been seen yet on TV for the family to see as a family. You know what I mean? The wife might have enough compassion to tell the husband, like, yo, I don't like that. That's not good. And prompt him to want to do something. However, change came about. We can say that some sort of change came about. You know what I mean? We might be uncomfortable with it, but something happened. Yeah, something happened. So with this situation, you know what I mean? Maybe something might happen. I don't know, man. Internationally. We we we, we, we dealing with we dealing with a different type of devil, man. It's the same devil, but he done got more vicious than many would want to believe. He got more vicious. You know, and he's yeah. using everything in his power to hold and reign on that power. Like recently, Jeff Sessions, he went on national TV and he used Roman 13 to yes. defend his policy. Yes. Where in this uh, verse, 
Apostle Paul said to obey the laws of the government because yes. God has ordained them ordained for them. the purpose right. Giving them of authority. the order. Right. But the problem is, is that what this verse is really saying is that let everyone be subject to the governing authority for there is no authority except God. So this is right. not talking about principalities right. or and, rulership and, and, of and again, authority right. like the president. Because we have weak leaders, right, mm. um, who who are not, their vernacular is not, you know what I mean? They'll they'll trump the the the, the Bible talk when is when it benefits them. Bible thumpers, right? They'll, they'll Bible thump when it benefits them. But this is something that you can trump him easily on. This is a chess move. But church and state supposed to be separate. So why are you evoking Romans thirteen and telling me that God has given authority to the state? You in violation right there. Absolutely. Of the Constitution. But so you know about we the don't faith-based need... initiative, right? I know, yeah, I that, know about that. he gave billions of dollars to the black church. Bush so did that. Yeah, Bush. Yeah. So there's really no separation of church and state as it should be. Right. But I'm just saying, the only way to defeat these people is you have to play their cards against them mm -hmm. in public. Agree. You know what I'm saying? But I we, agree. we, we, you know, we, we just, and because again, if we don't see this as something that has larger implications dealing with us, then we're not going to be the ones at the forefront combating this heresy. You know what I'm saying? That Jeff Session is. He's heresy. Hmm. You feel me? Because I also seen an article where he said, look, he's approving them to seize, uh, you know, public make public forfeitures of assets and things of that nature for people that are suspected. Of crimes, not even arrested yet yeah. for the drugs and all of that. I seen that too. You understand? So they going for the D boys. He got a D boy policy that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And Trump said we're gonna kill D boys. Yeah, they the bring him back penalty. the death penalty. You know what I'm saying? And Jeff Sessions is saying we having zero tolerance with them. We're going to war with the drug gangs. You know what I mean? So they lining it up, and I just see that this is a, a this is just a predecessor of it. You know what I mean? They know how to put their ducks in a row. We're talking about clansmen here. Let's be clear. We're talking about clansmen who have tasted enough black blood throughout their career that it's, it's, it's regular. We're talking about people that have been putting their fangs in our people from the 50s. Not the legacy that they've been passed. I'm saying that they physically was there. Yeah. They was present at the lynchings, goddammit. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? They might have a, a penis in a jaw somewhere, an ear in, in an attic. But Session was a he was a great was a classman. You know what I mean? So they're putting their policies in place. You know what I mean? And I tell people all the time, you have to understand presidential politics. The last open Klansman, right, was Truman, the 33rd degree president, or the 33rd president, who who just so happened to be 33rd degree as well, you know. And he brought his man with him, who was one of the 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 fiercest Southern segregationists in the uh, his name was James Byrd. All right, he was a U.S. senator. He he was responsible, I think, for the anti-lynching laws. You know where he was blocking them for making that a crime. Like he was just doing the most. You feel mm -hmm. me? And them two was responsible for dropping the bomb. Okay, they overrode Congress. They overrode everything. It was them two. Of course, they probably had their Masonic handlers that because that was one hell of a ritual. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dropping it on Hiroshima, which is Hiroshima and and Nagasaki. You know what I'm saying? But they took their racism to another level, and we don't look at it like that. 
And history is repeating itself because we don't exactly look at it like that. Trump is doing. We just look at it as America went to war and dropped the bomb on Japan. No, these two races, these two southern races, who said the only thing I hate more than niggas is gooks. <laughs> okay, yeah. when they got put into positions of power, so this would be like Trump and session. You feel me? You got James Byrd and you have um, what you call it? What's that cracker name? Um, Truman. They drop bombs, atomic bombs. On countries out of their virulent hate for another species or another race for that matter. So what are these people capable of? We don't really, again, we're not addressing the extent that they have taken these campaigns to. You know what I'm saying? We don't look at crack cocaine as a, a, a nuclear war. We don't look at it as them dropping a bomb literally on us that has seven generation uh, fallout. We, we don't look at it like that. We don't see that bomb. You know what I mean? So we plan. We got kitty gloves on still, 2018. And you know, speaking of crack, those that was birthed in that era are now grown men, grown women, and they're having children. Right. So, so that segues right back, back into that childhood, childhood trauma. trauma. And research suggests that experience intense psychological trauma may have a gene impact on a person's future children. Yes. And studies show that this can be passed down seven generations. Yes. We're not seven generations removed from slavery. And there's yes. a, it's called epigeno. Yes. And that affects the, gen, the, the chemical marker for the gene. Not the right. actual gene, but the chemical marker for the gene. Right. What are your thoughts on that? It is a, um, I've been researching epigenome since the genome project came out so this has been about seven to eight years and it's profound it's, it's profound research you know they said if nana got smacked four generations ago that should affect her and that marker was passed down you know what i'm saying the trauma that co was caused from that the revulsion that she felt whatever energy you know what i'm saying that that brought about she passed that through her genome you know what i'm saying to, to the next generation so yes, like you said, if we're not even seven generations removed from slavery, it's clear and present that the traumatic impact from that is still being felt in a later generation. But I think that all of that has been trumped by crack cocaine. And then there's more trauma from right. the crack cocaine to the police killings. And it's just like, it's a generational curse that's going to continue, continue, and continue. Right. So what's the, the solution and how do we stop it? <laughs> isolation. Isolation. And deep, intense trauma healing, you know what I'm saying? That in my, in my, again, in my um, practice and in, in my, what I have been able to witness that has been effective has been sacred plants, you know what I'm saying? More intense that um, I ain't talking sacraments, I ain't talking about the loud, you know what I'm saying? A little bit further, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, ayahuasca, ibogaine, mushrooms, DMT, you know. The things that Negroes are spooked and scared about, plants, you feel me? Shit that we don't go nowhere near is the very thing that we can go and help. All you niggas could go to Scientology and get audited if that's what you went to, you feel me? But I feel that you're going to have to deal with your trauma directly. You're going to have to go into the deep crevices of your mind, right? We're going to have to finally deal with the shit that we've been ignoring for the longest, and that's the subconscious mind. They run around talking about the conscious community, but that's not... That ain't shit. Like the conscious, what the conscious, what is conscious? Conscious is nothing. 
know what I'm saying? Not when you're spiritually dead, physically. No, I'm just saying, it, it, yeah. the, when we talk about the faculty of how reality is created, how thought is processed, the conscious mind is a peanut. It's like 5%. You know what I'm saying? It does what it's told, per se. But what's telling it what to do is the subconscious mind. That's your reservoir. That's like if the conscious mind is the tip of the iceberg, you know, the subconscious is the part, the 90% that you don't see. So where's the information that deals with how to train the subconscious mind? Because that's the only way that we can reverse trauma. These imprints and these signatures, especially if it occurred between the ages of zero to seven, yeah. right? That's your autopilot. You're running that program. That's your operating system that your entire life is running off of. And I'm running into more and more people every day that are grown-ass people that are still acting out their injuries from the age of three or two. You understand? Mm -hmm. And they are, uh, uh, you know, they're drowning their problems in alcohol. They're drowning their problems in sex. They're drowning their problems in marijuana. They're drowning their problems in cocaine. You feel me? But they're never getting to the, the, the bottom of the issue. They're never getting to it. They're just numbing it. Now they're drowning it in lean. Now they're popping pills. You feel me? A whole generation that... Are not benefactors from the generation before them that was able to tackle the problem. We passed the buck, and now look what they're dealing with. And I think one of the solutions is that what we have to do is we have to tap back into our caustic records to activate our consciousness so that it is in line with our subconsciousness. So until we do that, we're not going to be on the right path. We're not going to be on the same vibration or frequency as those that preceded us and knew what the solution to the problem was. I mean, the human being is a... Um, complex. It's complex, but you're supposed to be a problem-solving apparatus. You know what I'm saying? And they say man is mind, right? So I ask man, what the hell is going on? And they say, you know, mind is the all, so mind is God. Right, and that's the aspect of man's relationship to God is via mind. Right, if mind is all, then what the fuck is going on with the mind these days? Where the fuck is God at? You know what I'm saying? Is this nigga drunk somewhere? Because I don't see evidence of mind being activated. Where's mind activation? Because mind activation will will, will show itself in problem solving. Continuous. Right, This room would be jam-packed with thought leaders or people that are able to process thought that are coming up with solutions and we throwing everything at the wall and trying to figure out what sticks. We're, not do we're doing the opposite of that. I think that's happening because, once again, the trauma that we experience and the regiments of slavery where we don't even have enough trust for one another and we are so hell-bent on arguing over petty differences. Like Marcus Garvey said, we are people that's cursed by petty differences. So that's why we can't get how you just described those thought leaders in the room. You know, but there's gonna come a time. And I think it's gonna be this generation that's coming up because this is the most yeah. fearless generation them, that I, we have witnessed, <laughs> that America has look, produced. They 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 need. They might need to throw some niggas in some pens. We might need to see some niggas in some cages again, because it's not serious enough. Mm -hmm. And again, we're acting like this ain't our issue. This is our issue. You know what I'm saying? The Mexicans got somewhere to go. This is their land. They're sending them home right across the border. You feel me? 
Like, that's a country that they have trade relations with. They don't have no relationships with you. You feel me? The fuck? Like, what's stopping them from doing that to our people? You know what I mean? Like, for real. Because, I mean, it's happening to our people. They're not just doing it to Mexicans. When I was in New York, like, the people from the Caribbean, the people from Africa, those was the people that was fucking complaining and, and being affected by the ice raids and running down. Don't think that that shit is not happening to melanated people. That shit is not just about Mexicans. They're utilizing that, especially up north, to run down. You know what I'm saying? And to round up Africans and treat them however they want to treat them. To ghost them because they be getting ghosts. You don't know where they at. As they showing you with these camps. You know what I'm saying? Like Super Walmart. Yeah. Centers. Separating children from their they, they parents and all of that. That's inhumane. Like, we can't condone that. Yeah, we can't condone it. We can't turn a blind eye to that. Like, but you, but you said one one profound thing, and you said that we have to separate from them. You we know, and, and that's something that's very key. And this was what Elijah Muhammad was talking about in the 1930s. Yeah. You know, and Elijah Muhammad said separation is better than prayer. And for those that follow Dr. Martin Luther King. When he was talking about how oppression can be fought, he said there's several different ways. There's passive aggression. There's um, protesting. There's violence. But one thing that he didn't mention was separation until his later years when he said that he felt that he sent his people into a burning house. Now is the time, people, that we Facts. need to separate. We need to join on to our own. We need to support our own. And more than anything else, we have to unify around one common goal. And that doesn't mean that we have to have the same belief. We could be uniform in our opinion and then move around those issues and bring about change. So, brother, um, what else is going on? Because I know you got a lot going on. What yeah. else you want to let the family know? I said um, I'm, I'm just traveling so I can see for myself what's going on with our people. You know what I mean? I can see what, what, what the commonalities are, where we're at globally. You know what I mean? So gentrification is something that is consistent everywhere that I go. You know what I mean? And it's sad. You know what I'm saying? I don't really think it's more so a signaling. It's just like the vultures coming in for the caucus. Wherever the caucus is at, the vultures are going to come. So I don't blame white folks. It's not really a white folk issue to me. I'm concerned with the carcass. Why are we caucuses everywhere that I go? Why every fucking neighborhood that I go in, no matter where it's at, there's just dirt and garbage and trash strewn about everywhere. That's carcasses. Boarded up houses, abandoned houses. Like, it don't take a lot of money to beautify where you live. You know what I'm saying? Your, your, your outer surroundings is, is always a, a representation of your inner mind. Once again, we're going back to the mind. The mind, the melanated mind is broken. It's going through a level of entropy. You know what I'm saying? While other people seemingly are on an upslide. By default, they look like they up because we down. But we have to, it's issues of the mind. So the collective body of quote-unquote blackness is dealing with trauma. You know what I'm saying? And that trauma has to be addressed subconsciously. So 
After we get finished individually dealing with our trauma, we have to deal with the collective body politic of melanated people's body trauma. So you know what I'm saying? Pain body. It's called a pain body. So it has to be done individually first. First. And I think that's first. another problem is that we try to come together before we... Yeah, we, we broke in. Yeah. Yeah, before yeah, we, we broke solve in. internal we smelly. issues. We smelly. You know, because what I say about the conscious community is like, you changing clothes without taking a shower. You feel mm. me? Change your clothes without taking a shower. Your suit look fly as fuck, but you stink, my nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You ain't even care to wash your ass, huh? You just put that clean ass clothes on. So that's what we dealing with. Everybody in the room looking fucking spazzy and that shit smells like a gas, uh, a garbage dump. Like, we're not cleaning ourselves off. We're not cleansing. We're not doing the proper, the proper rituals to make sure that we're exercising our own demons. We're bringing them shits up in the room. We bringing religion with us. You feel yeah. me? This shit is religion right now. You know what I mean? So I have to agree. You're and it's right. poverty consciousness. It's religion. It's just dirty, my dude. It's dirty. I'm traveling. I see this shit. I see it for what it is. I you see, know, I see, I see all aspects of it. I see what the Christians are doing. I see what the Muslims are doing. I see what the conscious folk are doing. I see what the fucking, uh, you know, the Israelites, they goddamn annoying people everywhere I go, running down and shit. You feel me? I see what the Nawu, I see what everybody's doing. I see what the shit looks like. I see what we have in common. You know what I'm saying? And and I see our condition. And somebody has to speak to this. Somebody has to speak to it. There's a lightning rod. Somebody got like fire to our people. You, you know doing it right now, brother. <laughs> you doing it right now on this it, podcast. It, it, it has to be... Many are going to love you and a few going to hate you. That's cool. But you're doing it. That's cool. Everything that I say is out of love. You know what I'm saying? Everything that I'm saying needs to be said. And I'm not saying it for any um, personal uh, edification. You know what I'm saying? This is testimony. I'm telling you what I feel most passionate about. And yep. I'm in it for the win. I'm not in it for the loss. I'm not in it to break even. I'm saying, look. You talking to somebody that's willing to lay it all on the line, but God damn it, like let's have some clear goals and objectives. If we're putting up our life force, you know what I'm saying, to make this thing do what it do, then we need to be clear about what it is we are getting into and, and, and where we're like I ask people all the time, what is our collective vision? I've never got an answer, not once. And again, I travel. I'm going into different pockets. I'm speaking to different groups. And I'm like, okay, so what's your collective vision? And what's your collective vision? The number one and thing we say vision? is to overcome racism and white supremacy. But how? Unite on the, with our people. Where? You know what I'm well, saying? We got, we got to do it right here. We don't we, we put too much right. sweat, blood, and tears to go anywhere else. To unite. I ask people all the time. I'm asking them more so since I came back from my trip to St. Croix. Right? And this is no disrespect. Please don't take this the wrong way, especially Pan-Africans. But I'd be like, what do the continent have that the Caribbean don't? I have yet to get an answer. Well, you know what I'm saying? Outside of the history that might be buried 1,000 leagues underneath the sand, goddammit. What, what about, I haven't been to the Caribbean, so I don't know, and, and this is asking you. You know, we are quick to state that Africa is the most minerally rich continent and the resources is we, in abundance. Is that niggas, the same way in the Caribbean? Facts. 
And niggas don't know nothing about minerals. I've not met a nigga yet with a mineral mining company. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Motherfuckers basically know how to tumble stones. Like, they need to not be talking about minerals. You gonna do what with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, uh, Africa's mineral rich, and that's why everybody's there looting it right now. So, for the level of competitiveness, I'm just asking Pan-Africans, Garvey came here 100 years. Nigga, you could get on a jet ski at this point and make your way to Africa. What is your 10-year plan? You got a 100-year plan? You got a 10-year plan? You got a 5-year plan? You going to wait until Africa's Chinese to talk about you want to go up in there? Where are you going? And what are you going there for? You know what I'm saying? Because you not better not be going there trying to tell Africans how to be fucking African based on some book that you read here in America. Because that's what niggas do. You know what I'm saying? They think that they know how to do African is better than Africans. That ain't going to happen. So what are we going to go over there and do? What and do we have to offer? They're it, looking at us like we're crazy. And but it, dude, I be going to the UN. I speak to Africans all the times. Them niggas is not feeling us for all the right reasons. They talk super greasy. You feel me? Yeah. Super greasy. And they watch the videos. So they know what's going on. And they be like, y'all, are, y'all you have a very myopic view of blackness. You know what I'm saying? It's not diasporic. And it's like, we're going through some real things throughout the diaspora but your people don't speak to that. Y'all only talk about these small communities that you in that you don't even know. They know what's going on. They're looking at this shit. You feel yeah. me? They're not feeling it. They're like, you're not coming over there with that. <laughs> you're not coming over there with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, where, where's your business at? Where's your business minded? Where are the perspectives? Can I see a business plan? You know what I mean? Because don't think that they're not sitting with hundreds, hundreds of acres with all the minerals that are, you know what I mean? Like, we can boss up and, and get to some things. Ask the nation of Islam. Are they going back to Africa since a lot to say separate? Where is he talking about separate to? In America? What you want? Idaho? Nebraska? What the fuck is he talking about? Here in Georgia, what, what, what you waiting on? They got hundreds and thousands and millions of acres up for sale right now. Somebody's playing somebody for a fool. And it has to come to an end. If we're serious... Not even about our generation. About the future. About the future, okay? Which brings us right back to childhood trauma, okay? Because we're looking at these children and they're bugging the hell out. I don't... Can I? Yeah. Because I've... All right. The children is going buck wild. There's a disconnect. It's obvious. If you've never seen it, you know what I mean? You can really see it. Like, go online. See what they're talking about. See these conversations that they're swirling around. See what their values are. See what their priorities are. See what they hold sacred. You understand? So they don't want to hear what the elders got to say. And you know another thing they're doing? They predicting what's going to happen and they play their life out knowing that the outcome is death. Did you see the video of the brother that just got... Well, it's on your page. Yeah, I seen yeah. it on your page I, You didn't well. see the video though. No, I seen the video. That you, ain't it on your IG? Not, no, no, not, no, not, not the video of him getting killed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. talking about the video I, I where he was never, talking yeah, about never his that. death. Yes, yes, you know yes. What he I predicted mean? his death. Yeah. And he's not the first one. No, Tupac. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody yeah. almost yes, chronicles yes. their yeah, yeah, life yeah, yeah, yeah. and how they're going to end up. From right. Biggie, who yeah, yeah, shot yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Facts. So we're part of a death culture. This, this in itself is is something that um. Like you said, it leads back to, to childhood trauma. Facts. Um, if they can tell what the outcome of their life is going to be, they're not going to give a fuck. Bruh, you talking to somebody, 
I didn't expect it to make it past ni- 19. Yeah. 19? Nah, I didn't think 21. 19 like, was... to 21, that was a milestone. I was ni- like, it was we going down. It was, it. it was going down when I was 16. That's when people was dropping in my, in my, in my life like flies. You know what I mean? And they wasn't making it to 20. So I always thought 19 would be that was my it. checkout. 21, I think I was probably incarcerated. And that's what, like, when I was incarcerated, I appreciated my incarceration. Oh, when I got arrested, my mother said, I ain't get arrested. You got rescued. Yeah. Somebody was going to yeah. kill you out here. My mama <laughs> cried. That's, that's That was the worst part of it all. I, I, that was the first time that I saw my mother, like, cry. For yeah, for me and the way that you know that you cause pain to somebody that loves you, but I needed that. You know what I'm saying? I needed that reset button. I needed to to sober up. You know what I'm saying? I needed to reflect. I needed to appreciate life. I needed to be separated to really uh, appreciate freedom and, and and what it what it entails. And I'm like, oh shit, this is about living and life. And if I'm if I'm uncomfortable here because I'm encaged, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be real uncomfortable in a fucking six-foot hole. Because mm-hmm. I grew up in a house where my father was an atheist. So he used to be like, after this, this is it. <laughs> Ain't no none of that shit. He's like, when your lights is out, <laughs> you get a, yeah, you get a short run, my nigga, and it's over. Don't never come back on. Never come back on. So I was like kind of spooked when I started thinking about it. When I was in the streets, I wasn't thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody was dying. But when I got a chance to sit down and evaluate it, I was like, I ain't really do enough to be fulfilled with my life. Like, I would be unhappy wherever. You know what I mean? You made a transition and turned your life around. I I started. Yeah, it it didn't happen right away. And that's what I hope a lot of these young brothers uh, today can do. And I I still got hope for them. um, Because we got to keep in mind... That Malcolm X, they used to call him Detroit Red. Right. He wasn't always Malcolm X, you know. So um, he was able to make that transition, and this generation can do it as well. Now, you was talking about your gripe with the conscious community, and I have a gripe with the conscious community as well. (laughs) I love my people, you know, um, but it seems like people in the conscious community wear poverty. They wear poverty as a badge of honor. Honor. And I have a real deep-seated problem with that Uh. because if we say we was kings and queens Uh. and that, you know... We we, we got the richest history that ever been untold and we wore silk robes, you know, then come on, you know what I mean? Why not, you know, strive to wear and have and acquire nice things. You know what I mean? If you have and you acquire nice things, the first thing they say, oh, you materialistic. Right. Are you white? Oh, yeah, you're white. Yeah, yeah, you chasing the white man's The white X, man's y, heaven, Z. huh? Well, the I mean? white man's heaven is a black man's hell. You want to be right. in hell? Some people, man, they, they don't understand the alchemy of making bread. You got to have dough. You know what I mean? So everybody should be chasing the bag. Everybody should be trying to acquire some type of monetary gains because, once again, we're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about children that are growing up traumatized. 
With money, you can make it much, much easier for them. Because guess what? They ain't got to go work for that open enemy. So that reduces the trauma. You know, there have been tests done with people that used to work in corporate America and they checked their uh, cholesterol oil and, you know, seeing that they was under duress Duress, and stress. And within a year of them becoming an entrepreneur, they reset. It was like they pressed the reset button. Facts. So when we hear about studies like this and we do our research, that's the solution. If you stressed out and you have the capabilities and you have the skill set, quit that corporate job, man. Get off of that corporate plantation and start your own business and start employing your own people. Take away a lot of stress. So listen, we approaching the one hour mark. Um, brother, in closing, is there yes. anything you want to say that I didn't ask you or that I should have asked you? Um, not that I could think of off the top. You know what I'm saying? I want to give uh, full respect and honors to you for having me on the platform and for your endeavors. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Which you yeah, have put forth. We're going to keep doing this. This yes. is one of many conversations that we're going to have. Into the world. Um. And for brothers such as yourself, the filmmakers, you know, I really represent the artists and community. You know what I'm saying? I speak for artists. I'm an artist myself. So I, I love speaking to creatives. You know what I'm saying? This is the reservoir of potentiality that we have to tap into when we're talking about wealth creation, when we're talking about, you know, we're worth trillions of dollars based on, based on our collective intellectual property. I want to speak to the creatives. You know what I'm saying? So... We need more younger brothers and sisters learning your skill set, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, how to become filmmakers because these stories have to be told and documented. We have to reverse the narrative. In order to reverse the narrative, we have to understand uh, the, the juxtapositions of narratives in order to get in control of one that you want to seize upon to say, I'm focusing my energy on changing this aspect, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So we have to identify what are the, the the markers or the badges that need to be broken up? You know, poverty consciousness has to be destroyed and eliminated. But you got to move a lot of people out of the way in order to do that. Because a lot of people, you know, they sit on the top of that, that mountain hill of poverty consciousness and just suck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the, the, the things, the selling points in conscious community, in black America, period, but conscious community in particular is trauma and drama. Those are the two selling points. It's like salt and sugar. You know what I'm saying? DJ SNS, right? <laughs> so that's that's they mixing up, they mixing, those are the wheels of steel that they mixing on. Trauma and drama. Trauma and drama. So who's making a living outside of this trauma and drama dynamic? You feel me? When so, there's so much more, we can be making a living from real estate. We can be making a living from having our own clothing right. company. We, we can be making a, a, a living things. from health. Yeah, from health. Fitness. You know, you know what I'm saying? By All coming of up with formulas like Seven Heaven Sea Moths and right. having that distribute internationally. You know, so it would be wonderful if someone out there, because I know there's someone that's out there, and it might not be you, but you might know a person that can help this brother where he can get it mass produced. Now, what you said the problem was, you couldn't dry. Out. Yeah, it's it's a it's a perishable good, so its shelf life is not as strong as other products per se, because it's an organic product. You gotta 
drink it while it's live. You know what I'm saying? So you can't um, put no artificial. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't put no it. artificial preservatives. So or what anything. about some of the stuff that they do have that's organic, but it's nothing like this. That that they able to be able to sell it like at Walmart and mass produce it. No, when I went to Whole Foods again, they told me that you know they had to have a particular preservative because it has to have warehouse life, shelf life. So this this is something that you know, like I said, I'm I'm working on it. And, um, it's I'm something. Break it's it. something, and in some way that it can't happen. But yeah, I'm working on simultaneous things. So if if somebody wants to step up, because that's another thing about this community, like so many people is just on the sidelines playing observers. I got like seven businesses, bro. Mm. You feel me? And niggas do not be running up looking for no jobs. <laughs> you feel me? And they'll yeah. see me. I'm, I'll I'll come through. I'll I'm carrying everything. Like motherfuckers just look. They don't even offer help, you know what I'm saying? And they want to hang around your table and not buy nothing. Like, this shit is just sad, yeah. you know what I mean? And these are the people that you're putting on for because you want them to have a better life. You want, you, you, you want them to come with you. You want you want them to experience this shit that you've been talking about because you know it's real. Absolutely. But why can't they get to it? Why can't they get to it on their own? Why don't they want it for themselves? You know what I'm saying? It goes back to trauma, brother. <sighs> PTSD. So I did five retreats last year in the hills of Northern California as a direct result of a press conference that we did in New York, right, calling out Africa Bambada. I remember and, and, that. And the abuse. Because a lot of people after that came to me and said, okay, well, what do you have in a community that could deal with the issues that I have, the trauma from abuse? It's like, is there anybody in the, in the community that specializes in this? And I was like, Damn, I couldn't think of nobody. You know what I mean? Like, I know some people that give you some herbs. I know some people that give you a colonic. I know people that uh, give you a uh, Reiki or reflexology, all that stuff. But that was not dealing with deep-seated trauma. trauma, pain body issues. You feel me? So a friend of mine reached out, and he had a spot up in Northern California. He had access to indigenous sacred plants and also... Elders, indigenous elders from this land that are um, ordained to carry out those ceremonies. So we started bringing people up into the mountains, Mount Shasta, which is the root chakra of the planetary grid system, where we belong. You know what I'm saying? Charging up the planetary grid system, mind you. But, you know, the Wiccans and the witches and everything else, they out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Doing what they do. They're like, where y'all niggas is at? Like, every time I come out there, they be like... Do your people just not know or they don't care? Like, what the fuck is going on? Wow. I'm like, they know. Look, I was at a resort. Like, the militia niggas came to me with the, the Nazi tattoos and all of that. And they was like, we watch this shit. You feel me? And they was like, y'all be telling y'all people what time it is and they don't listen. And they was talking about the whole aspect of why they're crusading on our people. You know what I'm saying? And they was like, this shit goes back to 1490. This goes back to the Moors. This goes back to the Crusades. And it's like... It, they know the history. Yeah, they know the history. Like the whole all right situation, how they deal with the medieval history and they're dealing with Moors. They're looking at our people, whether the people want to identify as such or not. You still a op. They're looking at you as such. They still got this, this beef that they haven't gotten over because you put their women in motherfucking brothels and, you know what I'm saying, harems and all of that. and You know what I mean? They're defending their moms and their mothers. When are we willing to defend ours? 
Because we know what they did. You know never what I'm saying? Never forgive, never forget. We know what they did. We don't want to talk about it. We want to be all passive and shit. You know what I'm saying? The score is one fucking thousand to zero. You ain't never drew blood on your enemy. Cut it out. Cut it out. You know what I'm saying? They hella up. There's not been a day since 1492 where he ain't had his foot up our ass. Not one day. Not one day that you can speak of where there hasn't been an atrocity that happened to us in this country. Not one day. There's never been a fucking cease on it. Okay? Not one day. I wish Not I could prove one you day, wrong. bro. I wish so I could prove you wrong. The score's ridiculous, my G. The score's ridiculous if they had the scoreboard up. Huh? I'm saying let's even the score by taking your the body back as the host from the parasite. You can even the score by doing that, shaking the fucking flea off. Because they're festering and feasting on your body. Taking that dead carcass out of the road. That's it. We can do for self. We have everything that we need. You know what I'm saying? When we get together at those functions, right? We just came from Juneteenth. Absolutely. How was it? I went and I this this year I, I went because I had to go meet somebody. Right. And I just had came back off the road from Alabama, three days of intensive shooting. So I wasn't in a position to stay as long as I wanted well, I'm to. I'm just I'm just saying initially but when you when you rolled I, through what the vibe was like. Well, it was just starting. It was early. Okay. It was sure. early. It was like eleven o'clock, you know. Um, but from what people was telling me the day before that, it, it was a monumental moment. Except that um, you had some Hebrew Israelites out there that was yeah. real disrespectful very to disrespectful. some of the sisters. Yeah, very disrespectful um, in regards to what they was wearing and and just, all that you know, just and, to, and judgment, yeah. telling people X Y. I seen the same niggas when I was in Oakland at the Malcolm X Fest doing very, the same thing. Same thing. I don't know what click this is, right? Shout out to ISUPK. Shout out to my my brothers, my family. This is no disrespect. I'm just saying there's a contingency of uh, Hebrew Israelite brothers at this particular time that have taken the heavy hand approach towards like, you know what I'm saying? These are them brothers that wear the purple. The purple. Yeah. Like if you teach and teach. Looking like Barney out there in the hot sun. Yeah. Like. It, it, was, it was crazy, you know what I'm saying? And they was just making people uncomfortable where it was a beautiful, festive family event. Like, people was coming out there to do what they do, pass your flyers out, say what you got to say, but all of the putting people on blast, on loudspeaker, being aggressive, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. These brothers is big, domineering and stepping the women and cornering them. Like, it was just looking real crazy, you know what I'm saying? But outside of that, I didn't see one police officer. You know what I mean? And there was no incidents. You know what I mean? Um, the lady next to me, matter of fact, at night, she had parked her Jeep up and there was some some youngins from the neighborhood roaming around and they caught her. They caught her, her pocketbook out her front and she lost like three racks. Mm. That's isolated incident. You know what I'm saying? That's based, that's the pro, that's security of the park. They they needed to tighten that up. Right, so they look again. You know, there's a little lackadaisical. You got to know who's who and what's what. Everybody can't get a pass. It just can't happen. Yeah. Until we get certain protocols situated, you got to protect the, the yeah, women. Yeah, because and the a, children. a lot of people you know think saying? you know. Once we, you know, people have this uh, view of once we get rid of the white man, yeah, and this, this we're gonna stop being yeah. oppressed. And nah, we're gonna have to get rid of, rid of some of, of these go, no yeah. good niggas. Gotta get you rid know, of no and that's why niggas. Marcus Garvey says some of you niggas are not good here, and you ain't gonna be no good, good in, in Africa. Africa. So in, in Algiers, you know, 
the Battle of Algiers, the first ones to go was the pimps. Mm. The second ones to go was the dope dealers. They got to go. That serves no purpose in the society that we're talking about or what are we talking about. That's what I'm saying. We can't even get niggas to talk. They talk about a whole lot of bullshit, but what is the... Have you sold anybody a vision of what this utopian fucking paradise supposed to look like? What does liberation look like? What does it look like? Bad enough you ain't telling me where it's supposed to be at, but what does it look like? Is and, it Wakanda? And you know what? That's Come on that's a shame though. We we cause we talk about war and fighting so much. I don't even think that the majority of us has prepared ourselves to live in peace after the war is over. You know, and that's something that we have to do. Yeah. If not, childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. So that was that was my um my way of countering as I could some people that were dealing with childhood trauma because a lot of people came to that trip that were abused as children. You know mm. what I'm saying? Sexually, physically, and all that. You know what I'm saying? And they had some real issues that they had to deal with. You know what I'm saying? And they got to it. You know what I mean? In the confines of the mountains, away from the city, away from, you know, gossiping niggas and shit like that. Like, allow people to get into their shit and release their shit. You know what I'm saying? And start unfolding the different aspects. You know, living a life that they've been held back from from all these years. Man, can you imagine how much wasted potential is out here? Oh, I know. I see it. So you said you did five of them last year? Or do you have any plans to do any this year? I have. We're working on a date in August. All right, yeah. Definitely let me know about that, man. And um, I'm going to let the Necessary Blackness family know about it. And that's something that we definitely have to support. Because I actually um, went on a retreat. And um, I I was there filming, though. Zaza had did a... um, Okay. A sisterhood retreat. Yeah, shout uh, out to Zaza. It was beautiful. It was like 20 women. Dope. And we was out in Savannah, Georgia, and they cried, they laughed. That's right. And it, and it was nothing but sisterhood. That's what I'm saying. They got they got, they got, got it out. They got yeah. to it, right? Got that's, to it. That's so and needed. We that's need, something we need, that's needed for brothers. Brothers need that. We need pockets of it. You know what I'm saying? I've called for a day of atonement for brothers that got caught up in the drug trade at some point, for brothers that have... Um, participated in, you know, condoning abortions for brothers that put hands on women, you know, for brothers that just been bitch ass niggas all their life and, and you know, they, they just want to atone for that shit. You know what I'm saying? They, they want to put it behind them. Like a key part of healing is coming to grips with what you need to heal and then asking for forgiveness and then being supported by a community that's really on some we forgive you. I'm not judging you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We did some horrific shit out here. We don't need to hear the stories. You know what I'm saying? Again, this is personal. You know what I mean? Whatever you're dealing with, I'm there for you as best I can. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to wrestle that demon, though. You know what I mean? I'm going to hold you down and give you whatever tools and devices that you need, but it's an internal struggle. It's an internal situation. You contracted with that entity when you picked that work up. You got to break that contract. That entity's still on you. You feel me? Mm-hmm. That shit is real. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about contracting when we pick that bag, that piece of work up. There's a clear line that's drawn in this fucking universe when you pick some work up. You know what I'm saying? That nigga try to impose on you, you going to smoke him. You know what I'm saying? 
If that nigga get on your block, you so you've already made the deal. You've already signed the deal. Whether you know it or not, you signed up. And whatever comes with that, comes with that. You got to get this pack off. You know what I'm saying? Anybody's a susceptible customer. Anybody's a custody. You know what Whether I mean? Whether they're a pregnant woman. Well, whatever. Children. Whatever. And that's the cast that we have died, that we have to figure out how we're going to erase this stain off the universe because that shit has residual effects on us. We don't see it. Or we don't want to see it for what it is because we're so much... It's like if I smoke two L's aloud. You know what I'm saying? You can't smell that shit on... You can't smell it. Mm-hmm. Everybody else can. But you smoking away and you going back to work after lunch. <laughs> you know <laughs> Niggas is like, well, goddamn. Like, who is blowing who that? Who is blowing that? You can't smell it. And it's like that. We can't smell a stench on us. We think that we so innocent and we pointing fingers. But we signed up. That was participatory. All right? I know about the conspiracy that's involved. But we signed up. We fell into the trap. You know what I'm saying? Your feet walked you into the trap. We have to break that cycle. We have to make some sort of level of atonement out into the universe. Or if we want to put a panel of women in front of us and tell them, I'm sorry, and have them say, I accept your apology, that's some powerful shit coming from the melanated black woman. Especially if we're talking about she God. You dig what I'm saying? So it's ways that we can circumvent these things. And we can use our imagination, which is the dopest Dopest of shit. You yeah. know what I mean? To create our own rituals. That's one thing that we got as yeah. people. We, we are we, the most creative people on this planet. We, we could create our own rituals. And we like could torpedo. You was, yeah. was talking earlier when you was talking about artists and you being an artist and how as artists we have to change the narrative and tell our story. It was uh, Che Chavara that said that the... Uh, the propagandists, which is the artists, the poets, Facts. is just as important as the gorilla. You know, so with whatever endeavor that we may be involved in, we have to have that message in there. That message is about liberation. That message is about freedom, justice, and equality, and living a righteous life, and not out here living a life where we are savage in the pursuit of happiness. You Facts. know, and um. It's, it's not nothing to look down on individuals that is living a certain or uh, particular lifestyle because we all been there once. But, you know, we getting too old for this. You know what I mean? Like, you can already see what happened to past generations that went down that path. So it's just like, you know better. You know, some, some of us ain't know better. <laughs> some of us ain't had people to pull our coat. You know what I mean? But now... More than ever, with social media, you know it ain't right. You know what is required of you. You know how certain people operate and that we are at war with an element of society just because you're melanated. What is your way of combating that? That's something that we need to uh, figure out. But ladies and gentlemen, we went over our hour, but we're going to keep it going Real quickly, let everybody know where they can find you at on social media and yeah. give your last closing words. At Blue Pillar 44. All right. B L U E P I L L A R 44. At Blue Pillar 44. Blue Pillar 44 at Gmail. If you need to send me any information, you know what I'm saying? You can use that Gmail on the IG. It's at Blue Pillar 44. I have a lot of content 
over there that you will appreciate. You know what I'm saying? What about Facebook? Same thing? Um, nah. My government is Paul Moreland, M-O-R-E-L-A-N-D. I, I don't be on the book that much, but you could check it out. What about Twitter? I don't fuck with Twitter. He said, I don't fuck with Twitter. I'm on anything. Yeah. So make sure y'all follow me. Yes. At Raheem Shabazz, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm even on Snapchat. How about that? That's right. (laughs) You know what I mean? I got to do it for the younger generation. You got to be in them places. I be, it just consumes a lot of my time per se. So I just minimalize myself to concentrate on one or two platforms. But- my stuff gets shared to Twitter and shit. You know, but now, you know, you know. Another thing that you can do, like even with um, Instagram, I can have it where my Instagram post automatically yeah, goes to, to my to Facebook I, and yeah, my Twitter. I do that, yeah. So you know, as I'm saying, I I, I send things to Twitter. I just don't, don't be on it. I don't, don't check it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would get lost on Twitter. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> There's too much information. There's too much news. Yeah. There's too much stream. Information man. overload. And um, yeah. I wouldn't get anything done. Yeah, I used to be a book? social media junkie. I got to read that yeah. book right there. I got to edit a video. Like, I can't even be on social media. Yeah. I got to edit this podcast up. But I try to stay in tune, man, because I, I love, man, what I, what our, our people is doing. And um, I got to know oh, what's yeah. going on out there. I got to know what time right. it is. So the main thing, family, you put the blue pill or the red pill in the YouTube. Hundreds and hundreds of videos will pop up. In particular, a lot of our stuff is archived on Black Magic 363. All right. That's Brother Rich's YouTube channel. Okay. You can go into the archives of Know the Ledge Radio. Um, that's on Blog Talk. Again, you can just put all this stuff into Google and you can find your destinations. All right. Google is God. Yeah. And another thing a lot of movies, rap albums, y'all talking about decoding. Right. The twins get down and they decode it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whether it's yeah. uh, Tasha Fierce, what, what are some of the Tasha, uh, yeah, 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 all that. Uh, Black Panther, what are some of the other things you decoded? I mean, everything that comes out current event wise, you know, we put it into a metaphysical, metaphysical perspective and then break it down, go underneath the surface. I have something called a Law of 44 that, um, you know, I. I pretty much dissect everything and anything in the universe, known and unknown. You know, this universe, I mean, it sounds very broad, but people that know my work have known that I've been strumming these strings for a minute. And the way that the chords play out in society, you see it reverberate the Jay-Z's or the Beyonce's or the, you know, and this today, it was Terrell Owens, you know. So all of these things- What happened with Terrell Owens? Not forty four year old, you know, he ran a, a forty yard dash, he did a four point four. I just like the way them numbers line up. You know what I'm saying? Mm, same thing with Jay Z. Four four four. Yeah, his his there's a there's a very, very long history and story behind that. But yeah, so Y'all go you know, on YouTube and check it yeah, out, family. Yeah. It's on there. You go on there, law44.com. I got some stuff up there. Um I have epic lectures that I did. There was like eight hours dealing with this. And I don't put none of that online no more because the rappers are stealing. You know what I'm saying? We have a whole different, you know, how Paul said about higher principalities. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My shit different. You know what I mean? The people that I'm tussling with is different. So, I, yeah, I don't, man, sometimes, I don't put man, everything ain't out. for everybody. Everything ain't for everybody. Yeah, you don't want to cast Jews amongst the swine. This, this is super duper cloth talk. So, you know. 
I'm I'm putting it together. It it'll be put out at the right time and in the right format for the people to get it. But um yeah, twintheealbum.com, twintheealbum.com. That's where the latest project is. It's a double album, 23 tracks. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Poetry, hip hop, spoken word and jazz. It's a hybrid album. 40 something. So I ain't on there trying to keep up with the 18 year olds. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. But we are setting the ball. You know what I'm saying? And and it is something that a 20 year old can enjoy, or 18 and 19, or 15 and 16 year old. It's information. It's what we do every day, condensed behind beats. You know what I'm saying? And balls, and and we giving it from. I was born in in the Bronx in '75, so we hip hop. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I don't know nothing but hip hop. So that's how we give it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Raheem Shabazz, Blue Pill, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Cheer. Peace and love, black family. Peace, love, and light. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned, and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com.